1: Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse for this show is, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2, 19. And we have a wonderful show today, so I want to thank our sponsor, Noonday Exploration, for joining us and making this possible. Noonday helps families by purchasing oil and gas royalties from estates. For more information, go to com or call 903-530-9352. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am so excited about our guest today. His name is Stanley Cofer, and he's a dear friend to me. His, he and his wife are dear to Dave and I, and so we're going to call this series that we're doing it's on racial unity and I think we're going to call this episode the desegregated life but I'm going to ask Stanley here in a minute what he thinks so Stanley Kofler, pastor welcome to fireside talk radio
2: oh, thank you Kathy it's a pleasure
1: well you've been in the news a lot lately because you are a mover and a shaker in this region you're just doing something that no one else has, seems to be able to do and so I'm very honored and happy to have you here
2: when all the glory goes to God.
1: I'm going to just brag about you for one split second, and then we're going to get into this episode where you're going to share your life story. And I'm going to be so excited to hear that myself. So first, though, I want to brag on you just a little bit. You are the, a pastor. Okay, I have a bio. Oh, here it is. I want to make sure I get this right. You are a past, the pastor of Empowerment Church, but you had the good sense to expand that. I know that was God's direction. So you're also the executive director of Empowerment Ministries. And if people are interested in that, they can find out more on the Chamber of Commerce website because you're there but you accepted christ when you were 18 and i think that's beautiful that in your bio you sent me that was uh, an important key part of it and you developed a more mature understanding of that part of your christian commitment in the 1990s but you were born in the 19 late 1960s about the time desegregation happened in east texas so that's kind of a unique place that you began your life you have three. Da- you have a beautiful wife who's a dear friend of mine too, and you have three daughters, one son. You have three son in laws and seven grandchildren. Is that still correct, or have you added any grandbabies?
2: Maybe not. I think I think we had seven.
1: <laughs> okay, you know, seven is a perfect number, and I I have seven great kids too, and um. But I laugh because I, even though I always tell my kids, well, seven's a biblical number. Now I'm saying to them, you should all try to have seven because I don't really think they're done.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, um, I, I think I need to give a little bit more. It's so typical of you to be humble about your bio. But I just want to give my listeners a better understanding. Most of my life, and I'm an old person, I have waited for other people who would understand the need to cross these self-segregating lines. And the first time I met Stanley and Christy Cofer, that is exactly what they did. It was just like no holes barred. They were willing to talk about anything I wanted to talk about, including racial tension, racial injustice, and how we could become more unified in the body of Christ. So I just want my listeners to know that in East Texas, you really stand out in the crowd and you are constantly doing things to bring this community together across all the self-segregating lines that have been here for hundreds of years. So thank you so much for all you do and for being on the show today. Thank you. So, I want to start with my first question, and that is, what made you the man you are today? Just tell us your story, if you will. Well,
2: uh, I was born uh 1969, and um, I have to uh, credit uh, my uh, parents, my mother and father. They are still alive. They are in their 70s.
3: Aww.
2: And uh, they... Uh, they raised us uh colorblind, I would mm-hmm. say. That's 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 what I would call it now. Um growing up in a home where the Bible was uh the top, they placed the word of God as the top uh authority. And um you know I, I never heard my parents um downgrade uh a, a, a white, a Caucasian person, or nor did they exalt who they were for as a race of people. And, um so they, ne- you know, I never heard, uh, them tell me that I couldn't be, uh, this or that because of Caucasian people. I mm-hmm. never heard them say, uh, Stanley, you are a black, uh, man and you this, you this and that. You're going to be because of your skin color. So wow. I, I didn't hear that. I hear to be, uh, uh, um, to be faithful to God. You know, that's wow. what they put into us is to uh. follow the path of God's way. And that that played a great part because if I was if I were raised in thinking that my color was superior, then the Caucasian people I I would have would have had a struggle in becoming what I am, what God is making me today. Or vice versa, if I were told that the white uh, the Caucasian was superior, I would have had a problem. Or uh, you know, I uh, t- was told that the, the you know, the white, you know, that was talk about the white man, yeah, but there's some here, that. That. and I thank God, I thank God for that. That That's, I didn't hear, but a lot of people my age heard that kind of talk.
1: Oh my gosh, I face it all yeah. the time, Brother Stanley, and and so you know what I do when, when I go and fill out any forms, I always check other. You know, they they always have a spot, and, and I don't even know where Caucasian comes from. I've looked it up on the map. I know it's a country in Europe, but, it, I mean, you know, Mount Caucasus, what? I, I've never even been there. So I always yeah. check other, and then I write in Texan. <laughs> uh,
3: and, you know, I never, cool.
1: get, I never get picked for jury duty, and I think that's why. They actually called me out about it one time in the courthouse. Like, there's one uh-huh. woman in this jury pool who wrote, Texan, will you please stand up? So I think if you... If I like, I would like to serve on a jury, but if you don't want to, I think that's a sure way to get out. <laughs> it confuses them if they can't put us in their boxes, you know. <laughs> mm,
3: that's that's but that's I,
1: true. I know, isn't that funny? I love it that uh, your parents were so far-sighted because, I mean, think of the vision it took for them to believe God that the day would come when things would be different. And I think that's really what sets you apart. There's so many people in East Texas who have really bad attitudes on both sides, and yeah. um, and so and, and I don't even think of it as a side thing because I know we have in this in the public schools that my son attended, it was a third Hispanics, a third African American, a third white, and so uh, I always think the demographics are confused now. We don't even know what we are sometimes uh, in this state. And, and so, but I appreciate it that your parents had enough foresight and vision to realize that it would be a burden to you if they taught you to be bitter about injustice. Because we both know there was tons of injustice in the seventies. I remember it so clearly. And and the truth is, as a, a white girl or Caucasian or whatever you want to call—I don't label myself—but if you were going to give me a label, I know that's what other people see and. There's still injustice and I know that. Um, some sometimes people won't acknowledge the injustice that still exists, but it's out there. So I think it's amazing your your parents deserve a big Valentine here. Um, so what does Christy think about all this stuff y'all are doing together to bring unity, just to knit hearts together? Tell us a little tell me a little bit about how you went from being wow. that kid in newly desegregate, like when you got to elementary schools, the schools had only been been desegregated in Tyler a few years, and there you are, a minority in these schools. So tell me about that.
2: Well, um, well first of all, uh, I don't think I could have been blessed with more of, uh, what a better woman than Christy. Yeah, she's amazing. Uh, she always have had my heart beat, and is. I mean there's no uh disagreement in the way that uh you know what we are doing I, we never had a um uh disagreement with it. It's just like you know she was meant to be with me, which I know and I was meant to be with her because um if she was different, it would be very difficult if she had those uh that that mindset uh that too many people have. It would be very difficult, I tell you, very difficult. But I uh, I actually went to Brownsboro High School, uh, a little city mm-hmm. uh, not too far from Tower. And, uh, I mean, um, the teachers, you know, majority of the teachers was, was mm-hmm. white. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I mean, I just remember them embracing me. Uh, I remember, uh, one particular teacher, uh, she would just, just, uh, you know, just very thrilled about me and just wanted to see me Aww. succeed. And I, I look back and I'm like, you know, that, that was God putting her, in, her in, in my life. And then my, I think it was my fifth or sixth grade teacher. She, um. Uh, she took a very, uh, liking, uh, to me and she found out that I couldn't see well. And she mm. offered, back then glasses were very expensive and she offered to, uh, purchase my glasses. Wow. Uh, for me But my parents, you know, I went home and told my parents, you know, what was going on. And,
3: um. you
2: know, and, uh, they said, well, you know, we'll make sure you get glasses. And they, and they did do that. You know, both
1: my parents. Stanley I'm a, I hate to interrupt but I'm, we're going to go to break. It just went so fast. I can't wait to come back and hear more about this when we get when we get back after the break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about growing up and, and how that teacher continued to affect you. In the meantime, my guest is Stanley Cofer, and you can find out more about him on empowermentministries.com. Want to miss a moment
0: at Fireside Talk Radio. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas Twain when we return.
2: you all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimon Alley. The number on the gate, it's the number on the door, and the next house over into
1: I'm here with Mary Ottman and I asked her to tell you about Water to Thrive.
0: Water to Thrive builds wells and changes lives for people living in rural villages in Africa. Waterborne illnesses have killed more people than all of the armed conflicts combined since World War II. In fact, 5,000 children under the age of 5 die each day from waterborne diseases. Since 2008, Water to Thrive has built 750 wells, benefiting 400,000 people. You can make a difference by donating at www.watertothrive.org.
1: Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Each week, join Coach
3: Frankie Picasso for Mission Unstoppable, where you'll meet some of the most amazing
1: people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me. And they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Join Frankie Picasso every week for Mission Unstoppable and learn how.
3: Stop. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Pooh has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever. It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at one 800 care or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition.
0: We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and now, ponder in their hearts, where the truth bio, and Texas twang meet.
1: Well, we are welcome back. We're here with my dear friend Stanley Cofer. He's pastor of Empowerment Church, executive director of Empowerment Ministries and the head of the Empowerment Development Corporation. And I I just we were just talking about what it, how important it is to have parents that teach you in your own mind to understand your own value and worth and respect the value and worth of others. And he was sharing how his parents did that so well. But I think my, my listeners, especially if they're young, they may not really realize what exceptional parents you had, Stanley, because um, I remember the 70s and Broadway, there were, there were rednecks in pickup trucks driving up and down Broadway with rebel flags, you know, Dixie flags flying behind their their pickup truck and, and men yelling and and squealing their tires. And that was the environment of the 70s here in East Texas. And that was a common thing. It wasn't like... I mean, it was for sure an annual event in Tyler when the two rival teams played each other, but that could happen any time on any day here. So your parents were really amazing.
2: Yeah, um, I, uh, fortunately, I guess I missed all of that uh, coming up during my time. I think the only time I ever experienced um, – uh something close to that. Um my cousin and I had two um white girls that we play with every day and uh and then one day they come to school and say that um uh, their mother said they couldn't play with us anymore.
3: Aww. And
2: I was like, you know, really didn't understand the whole scope of things back then.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh
2: but other than that, you know, I I just can't, uh, remember just, uh, bland racism. I, I'm sure it was alive, but, you know, I've never heard my parents, uh, uh, express what they went through. Cause we lived in a black community. Uh, probably at that time it was probably like 100%
1: African American. So, yeah. Um some of my african American fr- oh sorry, I interrupted you. some of my african American friends said they didn't even realize they were black, like it, skin color just wasn 't an issue until exactly. they went to school, and then yeah. they had to figure out how to navigate those. Prejudice that the kind of brick walls that slammed into them, kind of like the one you're describing, where two girls come to school and say they can't be friends, and that's just so odd for a child. No, a child can't even understand that. I'm sure the parents had to do a lot of explaining to help those little girls understand it. You know, how how do you explain that to a small child? I I don't know. I, that doesn't even make no. sense to me. But um, no. Well, when you got to high school i of course, I know and love Brownsboro, I've written for the paper over there along the way, and love their editor, the Chandler statesman that's just a great little newspaper and so uh, he's he had been so kind to me early in my writing and given me great advice and tips and editing so i'm a real fan of chad wilson and that whole team over there but so i love brownsboro and i've reported from there before and i i know a lot of the stories that came out of that area i think one thing that was an advantage for certain demographics in east texas is they were so country that that be it living up in an agricultural world you you missed some of the really blatant horrors of uh racism Yeah. Well, so tell me if let's. There are a lot of young moms that listen to the show, and so let's let's tell those young moms what it was about your parents and the way, like, what are some of the phrases they used? What advice would your parents give? today to young women trying to raise kids that are colorblind as you described that that just see pigment for what it is just a physical trait not a character issue at all I I think that um, uh, I mean if they if the the
2: Bible is the center of your life and the center of your discussion uh, and Christ is that center um, I mean you, you can't help, you can't help but to be an agent of love. Um you know, you, you, you will be molded into this, uh, worldview of, of, of God. You, you see, you will see the world as God sees it. Mm-hmm. That's basically how I grew up, you know, um being, uh, reaffirmed to, uh, you know, to follow God with all my heart. I, you know, that, that's what I tried to do with my children. And um, so color just, you know, I understand there's racism, their prejudice, but it bothers me when when people say that it's just on one side. No, it's, it's all over. It's just not in white people. It's, it's in black people, Hispanic people. And so my, yeah. uh, my my oldest daughter is married to a, a non black, and my uh,
1: baby daughter. So, well, I love your kids, my, by the way. I wanted to bring them up, but I didn't want to do it unless you were comfortable putting their their some of their story out on they you know out in the public venues. But they are so dear, and they're so dynamic in their faith and the way. I mean, I get, I'm on his mailing list, so I get a lot of the stuff that he puts out on Facebook and so forth, and I just love his heart and the way he's leading their family. It, it's so beautiful.
2: Well, I, you know, that's been my, uh, my, you know, I can't do anything but what was taught into me,
3: that yeah. was
2: put into me, you know, um. So what was putting in, I'm putting back out, and I just thank God that He brought me to the to the mindset that I'm yes. a spirit man first. I'm, I'm creating the image of God, and that I possess a soul, and I just happen to be in a, a dark earth suit. and uh, and that's how I try to view. I'm not pro black. I'm not pro white. I'm pro human. And I, I get that. it so often, you know, my, um, black <laughs> colleagues, they will make statements like, Oh, you, 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 you must be a white man in a black man's body. Or, uh, you, uh, you know, you, you, uh, uh, must think you white or, you know, things like that, which is, it's kind of offensive, but I've learned to, um, not let it bother me. I kind of, wear it as a badge now you know and sometimes I even <laughs> get uh funny with it you know so yeah but that's just the yeah you're that there when you think different people want to tag you as that you're not black and a- you're not black enough or that are you gonna forget what color you are
1: we're going to come back and talk. I want you to do another episode with me on community, and I think I'm going to call that one. We can talk about the titles of these, but I think I'm going to call it The Empowered Community because it that title really, really summarizes what you've devoted yourself to. You and Christy have devoted yourselves to empowering everyone around you, and I feel empowered because of our friendship. So I I think you're not... I think that... People almost have to know you to understand how well you do what you just explained. Of being pro-human, I mean that's a great way to put it. I'm going to use that in in the in my Facebook post when I use when I put this out in the in the internet because I, I love the way you describe that, and I know you well enough to know that's exactly what you stand for. And it shows up in your kids. So. I I don't know how much time we have left. I know we have a few minutes left, but but before we move into the last little section, I want to say I'm going to get a a promise from you on air that you're going to introduce me to your parents. (laughs) Because I want to thank them. Yes, ma'am. Okay, let's plan that pretty soon here, Pastor Stanley. I don't don't want to miss a chance to meet your mom and dad. So we just have a few more minutes before we have to close the show. Do you have anything you'd like to summarize, like the one thing you want everyone to know about this topic? Oh, I think we may have some technical difficulties. I'm getting a message here that we lost our connection. So what I'm going to do instead is say that if you want to know more from Pastor Stanley Cofer, who is... Uh, really an exceptional human being in our region. He's doing something that people have been trying for a 100 years to do, and that is break down barriers. So if you want to know more about him and the ministry they have, you can go to empowermentministries.com or you can find them on empowerment... Uh, ministries and under the Tyler Chamber of Commerce they're easy to find on the chamber website too so and and if you go to the chamber s- website you're going to see brother stanley with his mayor our mayor in tyler and so we'll just give a shout out to martin hines are yeah. you oh good you're there you're back so i'm going to close the show but we we're going to we're going to do another episode called the Empowered Community. So I want you to come back and tell us more about how your work is making changes, making things happen here in East Texas. A hundred-year yes. battle to get people unified, and you're doing it right while I watch. I mean, it's so awesome to watch. So thank you so much for joining me today, Pastor.
2: Thank you, Sister Cat.
1: It's just good to have you. So I've already said how you can get more information. I just want to say thank you for joining joining us today at Camp Crafty Fireside Talk Radio, where we ponder all the tried and stru- <laughs> I can't speak, the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here, and I sure hope today that if you don't take anything else away, you understand that. Here is an exceptional leader, and he gave credit to his parents so if you 're a young mom or a young dad listening to this, there are things you can do that it can impact your child's life for especially a young son for the rest of their lives and because of your work your hard work you can see that start to affect all the people around them in the future and so future generations could be affected by the work young parents do today i want you to hold that thought in your heart and remember things that have not changed for a hundred years are changing right here right now in east texas because of one family's Uh, influence one man's life and leadership so thank you for joining us today we're really proud of this episode goodbye
0: thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week
3: I got it.